there's probably times, even in a believer's life, that Satan has deceived us. Because when we have questions and doubts about things, do you think questions and those doubts and those fears come from God? God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. See, worrying is not a sound of, sign of a sound mind. Worrying is a sign of not trusting the Lord. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So the Lord tells us how to think. But if you're not thinking the way God wants you to think, then maybe somebody else is telling you how to think. Sometimes we think, well, I just want to be neutral. I don't want to serve God, and I don't want to serve the devil. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Well, that's what the devil says. That's the devil's thought. That's the devil talking. And God says, your ways are not my ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So when a man wants to go his own way, all we like sheep have gone astray. Do you think after you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you still have a tendency to go astray? You're still a sheep. You're just now a saved sheep in his pasture. And you still have that tendency to want to go astray. Do your own thing. And you think, I can make this happen. I don't need to go to church. I don't, I don't need to study the Bible. I mean, I'm smart enough. I mean, I'm not a dummy, you know. You reveal your wisdom by the decisions you make. And you notice that you're placing yourself up as God when you begin to argue with God and argue with the Bible and argue about your faithfulness to do the things that God says you're to do. And you'd be surprised how many people have been fooled, deceived, and they go astray. But Revelation in chapter 12, I, I want you to take your Bible and look here. You're right there in the book of Revelation anyway. And look here in this verse. See there in verse 9? Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. He says in verse 9, And the great dragon was cast out. Even God didn't want to put up with him. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth, you ought to underline this in your Bible, deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, is this true or is this false? Does the devil have angels? Yes, he does. And many believe that um, that's what he's talking about up there when he says about the, in verse 4, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, which could be a reference to the angels and a third of them left in rebellion against God. And you'll see what he says there in verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. I wonder who that was. To devour her child as soon as it was born. A woman has a baby here. Anybody got a clue what that's talking about? 
Israel and Christ. All right. Now look down in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. This is the accuser of our brethren. This means believers. This is believers, and the devil is not letting you alone. Did you know if he accuses us before the Father, he must know what's going on. And I don't believe he would waste his time if he didn't have the goods. Did you know there could be little demons that watch everything you do you know, like there's a woman right now, I think she's running for president of the United States. Did you know there's probably people that are watching everything she says, everywhere she goes, everything she does, because they're looking for something they can use to destroy her. True? You agree with me? Just hoping that they can catch something on video or an audio, something that they can use. Now, we know they wouldn't do that to the Republicans, right? They wouldn't do that to those guys. But everybody is trying to find out, not the good that they do, they're trying to find out something they can use to destroy the other person with. But there are people are going to be looking for reasons to use to say that guy is not qualified and this one's not qualified. And that's why I said the other night, you don't have to, you know, Pay money to dig up your family tree. Run for political office and your enemy will do it for you. And they'll try to find anything they can use. See, if the devil has his little demons around and you can't see them, but they can see you. So whenever you're doing things that you shouldn't do or say something but nobody knows, the devil might know. Them little demons might know. Have you ever read of a verse in the Bible that you're, be sure your sin will find you out? In other words, it'll tell you there's somebody that's the author of sin, and he's going to tell. The devil is a tattletale. He's not in favor of you. He wants to destroy you. And people say, well, nobody will ever know. Yeah, the devil knows. He's watching. He's got his little demon. Have you ever rode down the road to my wife, and she said, Yank, you see that up there in that corner? I said, look up there. What? It's a camera camera. Did you know that every one of you in this room have a camera probably? Don't you? Bob, don't you have a camera? You don't? Your wife has it. Just wanted to find out who was charged. You got a camera? They got cameras. They're everywhere. They're nothing safe anymore. And you hate to even pick your nose and next thing you know it's on Facebook. Everything that happens. Now, if you want to serve the Lord, God also has his angels. And so if you'll serve the Lord, God will help and guide you. But when you want to go with the devil, he's got his little demons to guide you. And it just seems like everything just works out for me. It's just Yankee, you just don't understand how all the doors were opened up and they got further and further and further away from the Lord. The devil opens doors too. The devil has got his friends out there, too, to help encourage you to keep going in the wrong direction. If you want to serve the Lord, God's got people that will help you. If you don't want to serve the Lord, your water seeks its own level. 
I can take a teenager to camp who loves the Lord, and they'll find people who love the Lord. If I take a rebellious teenager to camp, it don't take about two or three hours, and they'll find out who the other ones are that are rebellious, and they will group together. How do they do it? You don't even have to tell them. There must be a devil involved in all of this. What's that? Radar. <laughs> Radar. Okay. Look at the next statement. Number four, the enemy that opposes all that is of God. He opposes everything that's of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 13, I want you to take your Bible and look at this. Matthew chapter 13. These are parables that the Lord spoke and um, uses the illustration of the sower went forth to sow and has some good seed. And he tells them what he's doing. Now it's supposed to work. What's going on? But he says that some of the people, their hearts are hard. See there in verse 15, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Some people, they're hard-headed, stiff-necked. And so he's talking about the people who have a hard heart. So you sow the seeds, and it lands upon stony ground. And some of it's going to fall upon some good ground. But before some of it actually gets into the dirt and begins to go, birds fly around and get some of those seeds and eat them up. You'd be surprised how many times I can preach a sermon on Sunday morning. So all I'm doing is just, I'm casting seeds. I don't know what kind of a mind is sitting out there. Some of them might be hard-headed. You think there's any hard-headed people come to church? And you'll find some people have real fertile ground, talking about their mind. They receive the word, and you know, it makes sense. They believe it, and it grows, and it changes their life. And there's others, oh, they believe it, but then the sun comes out, and it scorches, and it dries up, and they don't produce any fruit. You got some that will grow up and then the briars and the thorns choke it out and they don't produce the fruit. But some, 30, 60, 100 fold. But he's talking about the mind of man and what he's talking about in all these scriptures. Look what he says in verse 20. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same as he which heareth the word, and immediately with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he's offended. Okay, one down. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understands it, which also beareth fruit. Bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So you see, there's a difference in the kind of 
mind that you have, the soil that it falls upon. But the devil is also always working. Now look there in Matthew, in chapter 13, and notice what it says in verse 37. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. So while you're sowing good seed, the devil is sowing tares. In other words, questions and doubts and lies. Wouldn't it be neat if everybody just heard the truth and believed the truth? But no, but so when I'm sowing seeds on Sunday morning, the devil is also sowing seeds. You can't see him and you can't see the demons, but they're sowing doubts and so forth about everything that's truth that's being said. So that you'd be surprised, not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands what you've said. The devil is at work. And he knows what can happen if people would believe the word. So he steals the way the word in causing you to question or think about something else. Oh, I wonder if I left the oven on. So what? Almost the doubts are coming at the right time about something else. I wonder how the kids are doing. You'd be surprised. You can sit here and your mind just all of a sudden, you think that just happened. No, it didn't just happen. No, it didn't. And so he says here, this is what's going on. But look at verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. So the Bible tells us what's going on. The devil is at work. And you and I are the victims. We're victims if we don't stay close to the Lord and keep studying his word and being faithful. You know, it's very easy, like some of y'all that are here tonight. It wouldn't be, it probably wouldn't take much for you to think, you know, I really don't need to go on Wednesday night. And next thing you know, you can quit. And then you have to watch it. You still, everything's fine. You know, you know, I really don't need to go on Sunday morning for Sunday school. I mean, church service is long enough. Yankee preaches long enough anyway. And, and so I don't really need to be there. For, well, you know, everything's going along fine. I really don't need to be there on Sunday nights either. Do you realize what you're doing to yourself? You don't know what you're doing to yourself. And then it won't be long before you won't be coming at all. You're going to be draining yourself of the strength to keep coming, and then you won't have the strength to come at all. And it can affect your whole life. And not only that, can you be influencing other people? Is by your presence encouraging to others, or by your absence does it discourage? How do you want God to use you? To encourage or discourage? Your faithfulness is so very important. And most people don't think about it, and they destroy. What if, okay, what if everybody don't come on Wednesday night? Okay, we stop Wednesday night. Nobody comes to Sunday school. Okay, let's close Sunday school. Nobody comes on Sunday night. Let's just close. After a while, this church will close, right? We'll close the door. Now, who did that? Who did that? Somebody got the thinking wrong and influenced it. Next thing you know, there's no church here anymore. I believe there's somebody named the old devil. 
just laughing for all it's worth and thinking, you know, we closed it down. Now they don't have the radio ministry. Now there's no ranch. Now there's no Awana. There's no Sunday school. There's no internet. We closed it down. We did it. And what did the devil do? He discouraged a few Christians about being faithful to serving God. As though it really doesn't matter. Everything matters. All of your decisions matter. So, number four down there. Look at the next verse. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a real, live, genuine battle going on. And, believe it or not, it's worse than what ISIS is trying to do to Israel. This is one that's real, and it's one you're fighting. The devil is real. Look at number five. The tempter that lures us to sin. And you know I've used the illustration before. You got a mousetrap. And why did you buy a mousetrap? Well, there's a mouse. And the mouse doesn't belong in the church. So we know we got to catch that mouse. Because you know what a woman does when she sees a mouse? What if all of a sudden we had a mouse run down the aisle? All the men would jump up into the pews. And the women would try to kill that mouse. Or did I get that wrong? Did I get that wrong? If there is a mouse, you put some cheese in the mouse trap because you've got to have something to lure that mouse to the trap. Now, you and I have an old sinful nature, remember? And so the devil will use that to lure our old nature. And the old nature wants the things of the world. And so he can dangle this in front of you and dangle that and dangle that. What's he doing? He's fishing. He's trying to catch something. Christ says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The devil is trying to catch you. Somebody's after you to catch you. And a lot of God's children have been caught by the devil. Because he puts his fish hook out there and he's got his bait on there. He knows what you like. And he's just waiting for you to bite, and then he gets that hook set in you, and next thing he just reels you on in. You think, you didn't see the devil, so you don't think about him. But he got you. He got you. And no matter how he catches you, as long as he catches you. It doesn't matter how he destroys you, as long as he destroys you. It doesn't matter how he wins, as long as he wins. See, he don't care what he has to do. By all means, he'll use anything possible. And you know that. So look at the scripture. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. The devil tempted you not to listen to what Paul had to teach them, what God had to say, and they not do it. Did you know I often wonder, I wonder what kind of a college we could have if the devil would just leave God's people alone so they would go and study the Word of God so they can make an impact upon this world. But many, because of fear. Well, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill. I don't know how I would make it. I just don't know how. You don't worry about that. You commit that to the Lord. Either the Lord is God or He's not God. 
but you sometimes you've got to step out. You're, you're, we're afraid. God is not going to come through. God is, will open up doors, and God can close doors. Did you know that God can take you home, too? He wants us to honor him and serve him. But look at the last thing here we have. Satan will trouble us as long as we what? As long as we live. You're going to have trouble with the devil. He works on our minds to influence us. This is the reason that we need to have the renewing of our minds, as mentioned in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, because that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to conform us to the world. The Lord wants us to conform us to the will of God. So you study the word of God, the renewing of your mind, that you may prove or discover what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How to have victory over Satan is learn to resist. That means you have to learn how to say no. You see, you have the lust of the flesh in your flesh, in your physical body. But you have to have stronger desires for spiritual things than carnal things. Whichever one's the strongest is probably the one that you're going to fulfill. So you keep your godly desires strong in your life, and if you satisfy and feed those desires, those desires grow and become stronger than the desires of the flesh. Doesn't mean you don't have the desires of the flesh, but he says if you walk in the Spirit, means you fulfill the desires of God, then you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. You still have them, but you can have victory. So that's why whenever you stay away from spiritual truth and spiritual people and spiritual places, you're quenching those desires and they shrink upon you and they're not as strong and they're not as powerful and the lust of the flesh can control your life. And it'll happen without you knowing it. The last verse there. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He flees from you because you have submitted yourself to God. You've made up your mind. You committed yourself. And as a child of God, this is what God wants us to do. And he needs to be put in his place. And the devil will resist. But then the devil will leave you alone. But don't believe he's going to leave you alone for long. You see, he's coming back again and again and again. Just because you had victory last week over the devil, does that mean that that's good enough now for the rest of your life? No, he's coming back. He is deceitful. And he's always looking for an opportunity to get an advantage of you. So, be sober, be vigilant. Because you're... Adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. You resist the devil being steadfast in the faith. So you keep doing what God says do. And after a while, victory is so sweet. It's so good to know that the devil didn't win every time you turn around. Growing in the Lord is not that you don't stumble and fall. It's that, that you stumble and fall less and you get up quicker. Before when you used to fall, you used to lay there and wallow 
into the mire. Now you respond quicker. You think something, get victory. You think that, and you correct it. Should you always wait till you go to bed at night to say your prayers and say, Lord, as I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Should you wait till you go to bed at night to say that? Or should you say that at all? I used to say that all the time. Now when I have to pray, you know when I pray? Immediately. Now. So I don't wait till a certain time at night and pray. Right before I go to bed, so I can, I'll pray. No, I pray all day long. Stay in an attitude of prayer. Pray without ceasing. Like you're always conscious of the presence of God and what's going on. And you talk about having some fun. But the war, it's real. The devil is real. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God says that he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God. And God wants us to go to heaven, to live with him for all eternity. But he says uh, he doesn't allow sin into heaven. We have to be perfect and righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. So how can we get to heaven? How do we get rid of this? You see, many people think you can get rid of your bad deeds by doing a bunch of good deeds, and that'll take care of it. No, the wages of sin is death, not doing good works. So you have to pay a debt, and that's death. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh, came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ had no sin, came into the world and took ours, paid for it on the cross and came back from the dead and said that if we would believe he did it for us, he would give us as a free gift everlasting life. And we get to go to heaven on what Christ did for us. This is the message I committed myself to telling for 50-something years. There has been times when the devil tries to, you don't need to keep doing that. Everybody's saved. Right. Everybody's saved. But I don't believe they are. But if you're here tonight and you have not trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to trust the Lord. And you can't earn it, you can't work for it, you can't buy it. It's a gift, and all you have to do is receive it. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him right now? Say, preacher, that made sense to me. And I want to be certain of going to heaven. So I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior tonight. And by doing so, you become a child of God. Your sins are paid. You get to go to heaven when you die. All because of what Christ did for you. He died on that cross, paid for sin, came back from the dead. Would you believe he did it for you? If you will believe that, he'll save you right now. And if you're making that decision, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? You that are watching by internet, right on the screen it says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. We've heard from many people. Maybe you're one that we'd like to hear from. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior by watching the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. Our Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We thank you for this time together. And help us to realize that, yes, Satan is alive and he is at work and he wants to destroy our lives. And help us to care about each other and to love each other as we should. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.